This is exactly right. Hey, 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 Bananimals, it is another Bananas Minisode. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis, but you already know that. And I am Kurt Brownoler. Yes, Scotty is so happy oh. to be sitting down and chatting with you low these next 20 to 25 minutes. Boy, me too. Me too. We got confessions. If this is your first time listening, we got confessions. We got confessions. We got stories. You tell us things. We tell you things. It's a back and forth with you, the Bananimals. And that's what's so nice about it, really. We like to hear from you. And you guys have great stories and great confessions. Feel free to send them in. And um, I uh, confessions are always anonymous. We'll never yes. say your name. Stories, let us know. We're happy to say your name. We're happy to not say your name. You let us know. I just got back from watching... Matt Top Gun Maverick, baby. Okay. Is America right? Does it rock? It is so good. It is That's such great. a good movie. Structurally, great movie. Val Kilmer is in it. Fucking he's so good. It's so heartbreaking. It before here's a here's a tip for anybody. Okay. This is gonna come out six months uh, later for most of you, so everyone okay. will have seen it. But go watch the Val Kilmer documentary about mm. him mm. before Val. you go and see Maverick Top Gun. Yes. Because that documentary is amazing. And I always thought yes. Val Kilmer was an asshole. I always thought just because of his, Iceman. Right. His Do you know what I mean? Reputation was that he was difficult or that he was um method right, was like he would get that, too yes. into it and then be a jerk on set right and then you watch this documentary and he is the most like he's just like this like artsy weird very sensitive yeah beautiful man yes and you can see how he gets like like people would just would think of maybe him as difficult on set and he explains like why and he talks some stories about different movies where things went south and stuff but you know, and he has this very rare cancer. Um, but it's just a it's you just fall in love with Val Kilmer when you do not expect to. And then when you see him in Top yes. Gun Maverick, just like you're just crying the whole time. <laughs> it is like so emotional. It's oh, so wow. emotional for like uh and it just a, a a you know, for a top gun. It's like they nailed it. It's amazing that they didn't fuck it up. You watch the movie, you're like, it's a this is amazing. Every note is hit. Uh, it, I, I'm shocked that it was not destroyed. It's so good. Good. I mean, go back to the movies. We all need. I love. I'm, it's the thing I probably miss socially the most because of the great quars. Like I, some people go to the movies every week in Los Angeles and New York. It's a big, obviously, movie town. And I have friends that would go to the ArcLight all the time. But, yeah. Uh, I am now getting back into it, and there's an Alamo Draft House, which is the best Ooh, for so good. for the out of United States bananimals. There's this, there's it's a growing franchise, growing chain called Alamo Draft House, where you can order food, order alcohol, sit in these comfortable chairs, and watch movies. It's way more of like a social experience, and it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it is also weird now going, and I think maybe the pandemic changes, but now like. 
every movie theater I go to, you can buy alcohol. Like you, they have a liquor bar. All the AMCs now have like a liquor bar that I've been to. I don't know if it's across all of them, but even this one in Madison, Wisconsin, that I went to, they just had a full liquor bar at like eleven fifteen a.m. And how many people were in there at eleven fifteen a.m.? Dude, so we bought our tickets last night. So my my feature act, Marcus Monroe, love Marcus. Yes, and he's doing stand-up now. So Marcus Monroe was a juggler for 20 years, a professional juggler. Yes. And he was very, very good. He was great. Um, And so he's just stopped juggling completely, has just been doing stand-up, and his stand-up is great. It's so good. Um, And so he asked to feature for me in Madison. I was like, yes, come out. So last night, we're in the middle of shows. I was was like, let's go see Maverick. Great idea. And we got on Fandango, and I was like, there and we looked at the seats and I was like, no one is going to this sh- screening. Okay. So at eleven thirty at night, we mm-hmm. bought two tickets dead center for the eleven fifteen a.m. showing the next day, thinking we're gonna watch a movie by ourselves. Yeah. And it's gonna be amazing. Yes. Uh, we get there and it was packed. So I was like, because I, I was like, what's what weirdo is waking up at nine a.m. and then buying tickets for an eleven fifteen a.m. Totally. And it turns out everyone, the whole theater, <laughs> the whole theater woke up at nine a.m. bought tickets for an eleven fifteen a.m. showing. Well, it's going to yeah. happen, and uh, that's great. I'm going to go see it. I was going to go see it anyways, but now I kind of wanted. So right at the beginning of the Great Core, I drove. Like, straight to Arizona, went to a Walmart, because nobody in Arizona at the time believed that cocoa was going to be real. And yeah. I sto- I bought, like, $500 worth of, like, paper towels, Clorox wipes, and I gave friends toilet paper. I basically, yeah. I wanted to do that, too, and drive, like, out of L.A., somewhere in California, and get in and go to a theater and just see, like, if people were, like, super jazzed. Because it feels like the reason it's doing so well is... Everybody everywhere loves this movie, and I want to experience that. Yeah, I want enthusiasm. It is. It was like uh, it was a genuinely nice experience to go to the movies again. Well, here's a confession for ye. All right. In college, I took an art class. I wasn't super interested in making new friends. Aren't I a treat? (laughs) But one of the other girls introduced herself and made small talk. Later in the same year, she got a job at the same Starbucks where I worked. And we became friends. One day, I invited her to a party at my apartment. And she responded, oh, I can't wait to meet your roommates. I, didn't tell, I don't remember telling her about having roommates, but I must have said something to the effect. She said that I had told her I lived with a boy and a girl and that we got towels that say hers and hers and his in our bathroom. And that our landlord was kind of an old-fashioned guy, and we were all lying about our male roommate being gay, so the landlord didn't think we lived in sin. I had told her the pot to the TV show Three's Company. (laughs) I had told her the plot to the TV show Three's Company. I honestly do not remember doing this or why I felt compelled to do this. I guess she just didn't watch enough Nick at Night. I felt terrible and fessed up eventually. Uh, laughy crying emoji. Such That's a good really one. funny. That is so, and also to not remember. Yeah, to not remember that you told her that it's hers and hers and his three companies. Yeah, two. it's so 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 good. Good for you. You're absolutely <laughs> absolved. When you're at work, you gotta make it interesting. Tell a story. Oh my god, that is uh, is a fantastic one. Um, did you ever have, did you ever live with 
a like uh, men and women? Yes, you did, right? Um, sort of. Uh, there was a brief time in New York. In Atlanta, I lived with two women and a guy, and then in Brooklyn, I had a girlfriend live with our friend, our our mutual friend Chris. Um. But not like I'm not talking girlfriend living with you, just like a roommate, random roommate. Uh, hmm, I don't think so. Yes, I did actually. I take that back. Yeah, I did. I worked with. <laughs> oh man, now they're all coming back. And when I was in Pensacola, I lived mm-hmm. with a French-born American <laughs> who was a helicopter pilot. Wow. I lived with uh, two women, Sally, who I've talked about on the podcast before, that had princess everything. Her license plate uh-huh. was princess. Her li- her steering wheel wow. handle on her door said princess crossing or beware of oh, princess. Wow. And then wow. I worked, uh, lived with a girl named Lynn. So the four of us lived together, two guys, two girls. We all hated Sally, but she had the lease. And then Lynn was on the UWF, the University of West Florida wakeboarding team. So I would go out with her and go wakeboarding. And then I'd go. She was on a wakeboarding team in like 2004 or something? 2000. Uh, and one and oh my god i didn't even know wakeboarding existed in 2001 she was a babe too and the guy i lived with jean jean george no jean pierre was a helicopter pilot down there at the air at the navy base or the air force this is this is an amazing group so i would wakeboard in these rivers (laughs) i think it's called the brown river it's in pensacola and sounds good you when it was my first time and i went out with the team and they Gave me pretty good instruction, so I got up pretty quick. But the real reason I stood up so fast and got really good at wakeboarding so quick is while I was in the water, I could see uh, alligators on the shore. That's crazy, and then when man. the boat would speed up the motor, you they would freak out and charge the water and get scared and run in. So after I like didn't get up the first or second time, but heard and saw the splashing of gators running in, That's crazy. I got up real fast. And then I rode in for about, and they were like waving, like, go across the way, go across the way. So I'm doing it. Lynn's like waving at me. And... Um, and I was like, so I wrecked, and they were like, "Do you want to go again?" And I felt like that peer pressure to like go one more time, so they didn't think I was like lame yeah. or thought what they did was lame. Yeah. So I got up again right away, rode until I got tired, was looking at the shore looking for gators, and then I like gave them like the thumbs down or the throttle down sign. So they did, and then I somehow pulled myself, let go of the rope, and like surfed up as close as I could to the boat, got off, swam up, and they're like, "Hey, was that fun?" I was like, "Yes, very fun, very fun." And then I never went with them again. <laughs> of course. Or it sounds I was, terrifying. I was, I was 19. Oh, my God. Lynn was great, but we all had a good time. And then when we were swimming in the ocean, I would come home from work, and uh, my French roommate, Jean, would always be, he would make dinner and sit by himself and eat it, and with a glass of wine and candles lit. I mean, he was wonderfully French. Oh, my God. Loved America, though. And uh, I would sit down with him, and I was like, did you fly over today? I was at the beach today. And he'd be like, yes, I did. We did two passes. And I was like, oh, I might have waved at you. I go, do you ever see sharks? He goes, hundreds and hundreds of sharks every (laughs) single time we do it. I go, really? Oh, yeah. Hundreds of sharks we see, and then you guys are all swimming like 20 feet away. So I said, do you get in the ocean? They're always there. Oh, no, 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 no. I do not get in the ocean. He's like, the reason I'm so good at flying is I don't want to crash into the the gulf. And I was like, (laughs) you're my guy. Yeah, so I did. But I think it is actually, because I know a lot of people have... A, like an intense shark fear. Yes. And as a surfer, uh, like what I think it's reassuring. Yeah. That every time you go to the ocean, 
there are sharks. Yes. There are sharks near you. I understand. There what you're are saying. sharks in the water, and they never touch a single person. That's true. That, do you know what I mean? Yes. So it's just like it's not. It's not like when a shark attack happens. It's because a shark was there. The sharks are always there. That's right. And it is the incredible, incredible rarity when they actually uh, screw up. Because it is a screw up on their part, and they don't want to attack a human. Yeah. Um, that they right. do that. I like that. I've never heard that uh, that argument for it. And I do prefer clearer waters, just so I can see what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, my f- I swim in the ocean. Like, yeah, when we're in, on the Jersey Shore, I'll be in the ocean the entire time. I'm not really worried there. But something about the Pacific, does it does creep me out a little bit more, I will say. Yeah. Okay, let's get back in. This is a little bit of a, I guess this is more of a story than a confession, but I was messaging with this uh, lovely Bananimal. Congratulations to them. They just got promoted to be an elementary school principal after being a teacher. Congratulations. Congratulations. We, we need that. Just listen to the Minnesota from this week, which maybe we start calling these Minnesotas because that is a oh, great like typo that. and I love yeah. it. Yeah. Just listened to the Minnesota from this week and wanted to just share with you the funny sex searches my students have. Okay. Every student is issued a school-owned Chromebook. We have a program that we use to monitor student searches, really just to make sure they're not looking up anything unsafe. I Mm -hmm. taught my fifth grade. I taught fifth grade for a majority of my career, and I had many a flag on sexual searches. The best ones, though was a student who showed up maybe three times every two weeks and started searching up, quote, this was their search, girls who are sexy. So again, this is fifth grade. (laughs) Girls who are sexy. (laughs) Uh, Quote, what is lesbian? And finally, (laughs) quote, lesbian sex stuff. I had to teach him that everything he looks up on that computer I could see. Because I work in a highly Catholic community, the parents relied on us to teach sex ed, and students would often uh, not have conversations with their parents about sex. I mean, that's awesome. crazy. So I wrote, I responded saying my mom was a health teacher, which is true. My mom taught mm-hmm. health. Uh, and this woman responded, I've also saved just anonymous questions that the, uh, students would ask at the end of puberty week because nothing brought me more joy. My favorite question will forever be, quote, how do breasts tenderize? <laughs> how do breasts tenderize? Yeah. How do breasts tenderize? <laughs> Did he, did he hear about like someone tenderizing a chicken breast and get confused? Or this could be a like, girl. This could be a little girl meaning like her, bo- oh, you know, how, like right, right, ten- right. I don't know, something. I get tender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Oh, that's so funny. I, I remember stuff. this specific thing. There was a gym teacher. Gym, the gym teacher taught health in my Catholic boys' school. And oh, boy. it was, I remember this. It was so insane. It was obviously something he was going through personally. Right. Where he, and it, it was like, it's perfect for a script where he, he was like, he kept harping on uh, like, gentlemen, your body, you're young right now. You can eat whatever you want. I see. As you get older. Oh boy. You can't eat the way you used to eat. I know. All right. 
You can't sit down and have four pork chops anymore. You can't. <laughs> I can't. And it's, it was just like, wait a second. Is this like 35-year-old man? Was he eating four pork chops? <laughs> and it, it stuck in my head that that was I he just. It, it was like a whole class where he's just like, yes. stop eating four pork chops, gentlemen. It's and we're like, many. who is eating four pork chops? None of us are eating four pork chops. You're the guy. You're only you. We're thinking I could continually eat four pork chops a meal and be fine. And I also and love it, the tenor and the tone of like, and it's news to me. Like you're going to get, yes. it's going to be a rude awakening one it's day. It's going to be a rude awakening <laughs> that if you shove four pork chops down your throat every single day for every meal, something bad's going to happen and it's going to shock you. And you're going to say, this is unfair and life is unfair. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! What was he? What was the inner turmoil for what this was man? What going on? Love that! It was amazing. I had a my my gym teacher was my health teacher too. He was also the wrestling coach, and they won the state wrestling championship. So he was a fantastic wrestling coach and a god awful <laughs> health teacher. Why do they do it that way? And my mom was like the head of the health department, so technically this guy kind of worked for him. There was a two year overlap where my mom taught at the same high school I went to. But uh -huh. a lot of people might think that was strange, but the high school was so big and spread out and also just so many students that I never saw her. So it was actually fine. That's crazy. And, and wow. I was like a little Ferris Bueller, so I never got in trouble. I just like roamed and did whatever the hell I wanted. Yeah. But this teacher was so funny. His name was Mr. Delpo. I don't mind saying his name because I'm not going to disparage him at all. But he would uh, just lose his train of thought and then just look at our class. And and that it was a really mixed class. Like, I was mostly in honors classes or gifted and talented or whatever. But yeah, this yeah. was everybody because you had to have a health credit to graduate. And he would just stop mid you know mid sentence and notice one of the kids in class. Like, there's this guy, Igor, who had a mustache and a beard. And he would just stop. Oh and he, he would be like, um, and it's very natural for pubic. Igor, how old are you? And Igor would be like, 18. He goes, you got to sue for ages, a man. If they're not giving you straight A's, I think you're 26. And then he'd keep talking, and he would go, and he'd be like, da 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 He'd be like, Jeff, what are your grades this semester? Are you going to make the wrestling team? And they'd be like, no. And he'd be like, you should sue for racism, man. If you don't make the wrestling team, I think it's because you're black. He would like say these crazy things. Oh, my God. That's so insane. He was so insane. But the best was... So this guy that sat in front of me, and I don't think I ever told this on the pod before. We had an ROTC. We had ROTC in my high school, and mm -hmm. the guy that was the whatever sergeant or whatever he was was a pretty strict guy. I found him pretty nice, but he had to substitute for health, and it was during sex ed. And so there was a guy that sat in front of me named Jeff Queen, who really was like 19. And uh -huh. his bit for me was he would secretly smoke cigarettes and blow it into his desk or out the window. That was like what he would do in class. He would smoke cigarettes in class? Yes. It, he would sit. We, I was in the back row. Oh he was the God. row in front of me, and we were against the windows, and the windows would be open, but he would, he would like turn around, and he would rip a cigarette in half, and he would light it, and he would take a drag and put the cigarette in the desk. It was like a little cubby in front of him, and then hold huh. it, and then the teacher would turn around, and he would blow it out the window or blow it into the desk. That's so It was incredible. Amazing. Oh, Franklin, my high school was unbelievable it was a great mix of every type of person and yeah. it was baltimore so everybody was wacky and loose and different <laughs> yeah. so 
the RTC guy is teaching, and this class, they, they bring in the TV because he's just going to pop a VHS, and it was on male sexual health. And I have talked about this, I think. So uh, they start playing it, and they show. Was it um, was it boys and girls in the boys in and the girls class? all okay. but you're freshmen all going to watch male male sexual health? Okay. Yes, all of us together. Um, and so they go to a thermal camera of the profile of a naked man who is looking at pornography off screen, slowly getting aroused, so we can see his body temperature change temperature. Kidding me? It was it had to have been from the seventies, and so I'm in the back, and <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to laugh because you just see this little, you see his penis, like his oh, body is it's... red in the chest, and then it starts to change color, and then you see his <laughs> his ding dong start to get like a little like orange and a little red, and this then it turns is so yellow. Funny. And it's standing up. This man is getting an erection in front of high schoolers. I was probably yes. fourteen. And and then to make it worse, to add to the pressure cooker, it's an ROTC guy wearing full fatigues standing there watching the class. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sucking in laughs like I've never done in my entire life, and I'm like holding it in and holding it in. And then this guy's got a full erection that is bright glowing with like <laughs> Predator the movie vision. Ah. And Jeff Queen turns around and looks at me, flares his nostril, and blows smoke out both nostrils, and I start <laughs> laughing so hard. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> blurted out laughing before, and the, the sergeant or whatever his name was like, Mr. Landis, is there something funny? And then he like looks on screen, and there's a, 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 multi, a Crayola ding-dong on screen, and everybody else is cracking up now, too, and then yeah. he, he sent me into the hallway, he sent me up to the principal's office, but I you know, I didn't really get in trouble, but yeah, it, Jeff just turned around and blew smoke out of his nose like oh. Puff the Magic Dragon as this boner is bouncing on screen i mean fantastic <laughs> so beautiful oh god i love that it so was much the best. also it is also like a, like a, especially with the coloring and the the penis arising yes it's like the, there's a buildup of steam oh. and then all of a sudden like a bull man turns to you and snorts steam yeah. out of his nose <laughs> choo, choo. <laughs> it was That's one of so the great, great memories oh i love it oh, i love it too well Thank you guys for listening to another Minnesota Bananas. We have Thank great guests coming up, everybody. And if yeah. you're listening it six months from now, we are recording this in June 2022. So if you refer to this, we won't remember. At all. Thank you so much to our producer, Katie Levine, our intern, who is a full human, Lisa Magid, and everyone at Exactly Right. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. Have a fun summer. Banana, banana style. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase Bananas merch.